This is Jello Chow Chow, the all Jello show. If you even think of hanging up or leaving the room for a scotch, we will murder you. Now listen, Great Creeperson and the Phantom Eric and Chris want to take you on a ride through dark alleys and bright rooms, long stairways, and backstage at the art gallery. If you want to live, you'll don your black gloves and join them for the ride. Ciao, ciao, everybody. Call, call. I think we were in. got the wrong podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm off. Uh, welcome to Jallo Chow Chow, the Jallo Super Show, <laughs> where uh, this week we are going to talk about Death Laid an Egg. But wait. first we'll talk about other stuff and then talk about other stuff after. But wait, I have, and... something. I have something for you guys. I have something special. Ready? You guys ready? Yes. Ready as I'll ever be. It's not avant-garde enough. Devil horns? I can't believe... That you were able to do that. That was amazing. <laughs> How many hours did you spend on that? I um, I was watching the movie today, and um, I decided that I needed to study the soundtrack because it's a brilliant soundtrack. It's, it's one of the greatest oh, you're soundtracks asshole. ever made. <laughs> Wait, you want to hear it again? Let's do it. Wait, here's this no. is this is the second track. From the, here it goes. So awful. <laughs> well, yeah, this is episode forty-three. I'm Creep. That's Eric, and the guy that's ready to murder your ear holes is Chris. And uh, again, Whoa. if you would like to converse with us. Go ahead and use the Q&A button or whatever the hell it is. I've never actually done it, but it seems to work. That's the only place we're going to actually look at stuff. Um, and actually, no one knows that this is happening because I have not put the link up on the site. So let me get on that while Eric tells us how his week went. Wow, this feels so... I feel like this is so secretive of us. I know. Feels like it's, we're just chatting outside of the podcast, which we never do. Um, I don't know if my week was that that great. I I well, guess we did. Weeks. 
we we did delay the podcast week because Chris and I both timed our vacations around the same time. I was coming off of one as he was leaving for one, I believe. And uh, yeah, I stepped in a big swampy puddle. And when I arrived home about a day or two later, I had a bunch of blistery bites pussing out of my feet and legs. Ew. I don't know what it's from. We do have some creatures up here, and I get weird looks anytime I mention them. But uh, they live in some of the uh, the standing water of the lakes, and they're called... I need to make sure I say this right. Chiggers. Mm, chiggers, yeah, dude. Yeah. Haven't had those since I was probably about... You know, standing at my dad's ankles or knees. I don't know how high I was. If I recall correctly, I had one of those on my pecker when I was like three. Yeah, they'll find they'll find ways to your pecker. They'll find wa- I have one right under my biscuit, right under my ass cheek. Just a nice <laughs> big line of them, right where my underwear goes. So it makes a really nice oh my God. seating situation. Are, are you okay now? Do you have any, like, salve you have to put on that or something? Uh, yeah, I just have some of the regular old uh, cortisone and, or cortisol and Benadryl that I'm taking for the inflammation. And I'll probably be itching myself throughout the show. Just uh, don't mind me over here. <laughs> well, I'll itch myself, too, if it makes you feel, like, less... Yeah, everyone, please join in. Yeah. I want to feel. I mean, though. or you could just watch Chris shove a bunch of food in his face, because that's <laughs> kind of what he's up to at the moment. Dinner time he's over up to his neck and popcorn. Chris, how was your vacation? What's <laughs> <laughs> from that? Well, anyway. Well, I don't take vacations. My vacation was good. I went, well, see, if you're from New Jersey, which I used to be, you say <clears throat> that you're going down the shore. It doesn't matter which direction you drive. You don't go up to the shore. You go down the shore. You don't go over to the shore or across to the shore. Down the shore. So, but I'm from Pennsylvania, so we went to the beach, which is the same place. We just call it something else. So I had a lovely time. Thank you for asking. I went surfing. Uh, my son and I took a surfing lesson. He's six and a half and I'm 42, and that was a real treat for the instructor to have to deal with <laughs> both of us at the same time. Uh, we did roller coasters and water slides, and we had ice cream every single day, and it was awesome. And uh, I'm really depressed today because today's my first day back to work, and I'm already planning next year's, or trying to plan next year's vacation. So, To the Jersey Shore? Yeah, we went to the Crest of Wildwood, which is about a half an hour south of Atlantic City. Sounds pretty yuppie. It's not. It, the reason why it's called Wildwood Crest is because Wildwood, like proper, is the middle of the island where the boardwalk and all the craziness happens with the rides and everything. Um, and so the Crest is south, and it's more like where the families hang out. Because if, if you actually stayed right near the boardwalk, you'd probably go broke within 20 minutes of your vacation. Because, oh, sure. you know, the kids just want to spend money constantly. So, so it was fun. Did you ever go to the Poconos? I haven't in a while. Although I went this past winter to go skiing. 
Um, I I haven't gone to the Poconos in summertime though. But it's supposedly very nice. You bring your bikes up there. You go out in the lake. You fish. You hike. That sort of thing. Yeah, I went to the yeah. Poconos for my honeymoon actually in September. Did you stay in that place that has the giant um, champagne uh, glass tub? That's not where we booked our stay, but that's ended, that's where I ended up staying for most most of the nights. Oh, really? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish. No, it was fun. It was going up and down the mountains and hiking, and yeah, she had a good time. I just stayed back and drank the champagne. There you go. Did we talk about this before, the Poconos? It's possible. Because okay, we all just, I just think Chris say, lives in the Poconos. Yeah, like, I watched The Office pretty religiously back in the day. And on that show, they would always go on vacation to the Poconos. And I thought that was, like, in the fucking Bahamas. And I couldn't understand how these people who were, like, broke all the time and, like, <laughs> oh, I'm going on vacation this weekend to the Poconos. And I'm like, wow, these people live lavishly. <laughs> but, um... Uh, but then I found out it was right up the road. So uh-huh. it's like yeah, going to Venice. Yeah. Yep. Like Venice, it sounds really amazing. But Venice here, Venice or Ca- Venice Cal- in Italy, right? Venice not Beach. not. Yeah, Venice Beach. Oh yeah, that place blows. Is Hulk Hogan still out there somewhere? I don't know. Making racial slurs. Looking at black people with a sideways glance. Coming up on the beach. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that all happened. Yeah. So um, I really am not looking forward to having the soundtrack for Death Laid an Egg playing underneath our show tonight. <laughs> so if we don't have that soundtrack, I'm not going to be on that. Oh, we got it. We got a live studio. Play that for me for an hour and then send it to me and I'll loop it. I do like that one part where the guy's like, at the end? <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. It scared me. I, yeah. You laid an it egg on my face. A, it looks like there's a fly flying like right in my face. You guys see that or is it just on my monitor? Oh, yeah. yeah what is that? I don't know. It's on the video. I think it's some sort of, uh, I think it's some sort of, like, Marilyn Monroe spot. Oh, maybe it's, like, (laughs) maybe it's one of those things. Yeah. Maybe we all can just see the demon that resides in your home. Oh, it's the draw thing. Oh, that's probably what it is, yeah. Uh, Okay. Sorry, everyone. Uh Uh-oh. People are opening apps. So, anyway, um, I'm sure people (laughs) who are listening to the audio version of the show don't want to hear about us buggering around with apps. You're going to cut all this, right? No, I don't cut anything, dude. For the audio show, you're going to cut all the mentions of us doing things live, right? No. (laughs) What? For those of you listening to the show, fuck no. It sounds so pristine, though, once it goes out. Does it? Yeah. Oh, we're just really good at our jobs, I guess. Oh. Okay. Uh, so for those of you listening to the audio, we do do these live video shows now. So if you want to come hang out and whatever, knock yourself out. Eric has a camera at the bottom of the screen. It's freaking me out. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't really either. Okay. 
and Chris <laughs> says all all that. Okay, <laughs> so Death Blade and Meg. Um, dun dun dun. How, how are we going to start this? This was my pick, so I guess I'll give you a brief synopsis. There's some weird, like Mason-ish chicken authority association that's really covert and weird and um this dude fires all the people because everything's mechanized mechanized now and uh he him and his wife are both kind of in love with their secretary live-in maid it's cousin cousin yeah but like she does shit for him right Secretary. Well, yeah. she would have to be related she in order for the whole creepier. plot to work out. But she types things. Well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, long story short, some scientist guys working in the chicken lab, and after a bunch of shots that, like, kind of sit on the edge of animal cruelty. Um, some shit goes down. The dude wants to run off with the little cousin. Some weird ad guy shows up that you know is up to no good. They have a crap party. Um, there's some chickens with no heads. Uh, Don't forget, some they, they play Seven Minutes in Heaven. Yeah, but that's not how that game's played. That was like some weird no, version not. of that game. And you <laughs> it was like all those chickens erase her head babies. It was like the existential yeah. version of. Um, Seven minutes of heaven, where it was just you're supposed. But to you got to make here. sure you take everything out, so you don't the, get any weird auras from anything else that was in the room. Right. You have to tell the truth. Just make sure you tell the truth. Basically, um, the soundtrack is shit. Um, the movie. Don't ends listen to him. Somewhat no. after that, it's awful. It's an awful soundtrack. Get the soundtrack. Um, great. And then. Uh, after you see a bunch of really awesome 60s chic stuff and beautiful ladies, um, you end up with an ending that might have you scratch your head a little bit. I think this movie ends a little differently than most movies end. And then um, that's Death Laid an Egg. So that's the synopsis, right. I guess. Good show, guys. Yeah. So are we going to tear into this like a bag of Doritos? I was going to say the Jell-O score probably can't be too good for this one. No, I think it's the lowest scoring one, actually. Let me just check it out. Yeah, I don't mean to jump the gun. Jump the Jump that gun. Just, I had to bring it out there because it's just, as I was watching that, I was actually thinking about it. Yeah, this has got to be just one of the strangest movies. I got a 40. (laughs) Wow. Bullshit. <laughs> I threw that clip in there about the eraser head baby looking uh, chickens, but that, this is just like a movie where some guy came in, some avant-garde filmmaker, and he's he said he's going to make a jolly film, I guess a proto jello and that's kind of what he did. But I guess not really. If he only got a forty, I don't know. Well, let's put it this way: um, it only got twenty points in the Staples section. So you have an Italian director. At one point or another, we saw some black gloves. And um, the motivation was uh, black, like monetary gain, right? As far yeah. as we know, um, it was an Italian location. 
Uh, there was an accomplice. It was urban. The word death is in the title. So it got a few points. Um, it didn't get much, but you're talking about 19, what, 68 this came out? Yeah. Yeah. So Jolly really wasn't a thing per se, even though Bava had started doing a few things. Uh, this is clearly in the middle of the whole 60s kind of um, swinging 60s summer of love kind of thing happening. Um, and it had that style, right? It didn't have... The one thing that really set this film apart um, from the Jolly that we've come to know as classic Jolly is the style. Uh, the camera kind of style and the soundtrack, which Creep mentioned already. It's just different. It reminds you of avant-garde filmmaking. It reminds you of like Godard, I guess. If it's, Godard is the only like French New Wave director that I know. And I've seen Breathless a couple of times, and it kind of reminded me of that movie. Um, but not <clears throat> not in the same kind of quality way. I mean, you know, this, this movie was, was really strange. Um, but it also tried to kind of give you a sense that there was a, a coherent, linear-type story going on. It wasn't like, hey, here's some avant-garde film where you're not really supposed to be able to follow what's going on because it's all about the emotion and the and the art behind the camera. This film, you know, it had kind of a point A to point B kind of thing um, where, and there was a little bit of a mystery to it. So, um, but, you know, the I don't remember any of the characters' names, but I think, um, is it Marco is the main guy Marco's maybe? Marco is the main guy, yeah. So Marco kind of makes you think he is a killer in the opening scenes. And then um, the suspicion is obviously always put towards him when anything weird's going on because you've already seen him do some weird stuff, right? And you kind of, they've kind of established that he's could be a suspect. But there's no, from the main, from the standpoint of the main characters, the wife and the cousin and the factory and all that stuff there isn't any like murders wrapped up in that part it's like the murders are separate like he's like some sort of serial rapist murderer who goes out and does his thing right so it's uh you're kind of sitting and waiting for something to happen with this film and you know there's some really ridiculous moments in the film especially like when they go to when the guy goes and gives you the new marketing campaign for the chickens with the, oh the chickens, God. chickens at the cocktail party, and <laughs> <That's not laughs> so that was funny. my favorite one. But like the like the chicken in the military, yeah, and all that stuff. It was just what the fuck. It was all crap, dude. But the chickens at the cocktail party was great. Yeah, and I mean, I think that it was it was meant to be ridiculous. I mean, they they couldn't have clearly didn't you know think that this was some serious stuff, but. Um, and so there's a lot of different like kind of plot lines like moving simultaneously is there's the the strange advertising guy who is kind of maybe or maybe not he knows the blonde girl and then there's Marco who has this weird fetish with the hookers in the hotel and then the the wife gets wind of it she decides she's gonna dress up like a hooker and I guess what she's gonna do some sort of sting or 
No, she was gonna give her man what he wanted, kind of thing. But do you remember the conversation she had with Marco in the bedroom at the beginning of the movie about Gabriella and <clears throat> how her body parts are so great and she wants to take her apart and put her back together again? Yeah, like they're all and separate pieces. On and on, and I was just like, she is a fucking nutcase. Like, who would go to sleep in the same room with that fucking shit? <laughs> yeah. Like, She's like batshit crazy. That's kind of when you know this knew this film was about to go off the rails um, in terms of having a cohesive um, standard yellow plot that you would probably be used to. Just the way these people talked, it didn't seem normal. The things they talked about, um, and then getting into that advertisement, it was it was fun for us to see those fun little pictures and stuff. But those are great. When, yeah, when it when it got to what you're thinking about, it's like almost like this is just this guy's just I don't know is this director supposed to be writing a satire on advertising is this a satire on you know people's moralistic behavior what some people see as moral others kind of see as disgusting depraved behavior because this guy this marco guy can't believe that they're genetically engineering these monstrous chickens that was the thing i didn't get out of the whole movie like why all of a sudden does he have morals yeah at the like, same time, he's like killing prostitutes. As, as, that's what we think, anyway. And but he wasn't, right? So, yeah. They, it, but still, all the hookers like, eventually I, said that he's like the nicest guy ever. So maybe he was. You know, he just has some depravities of his own. I don't know if he's trying to suppress them or what he's doing, but it's like, it's it's this mixed um, message. Either it's a mixed message we're getting, or it's this mel- message of moral relativism, which I haven't thought about since sophomore year of college in a philosophy class I took <laughs> but well you're blowing my mind yeah it's so one person's up. morals are not the same as the others and it's all you know we all like to push our own morals on each other just look at the United States presidential race that's already kicking into full gear Ugh. hey don't don't get started okay sir <laughs> sorry you don't turn this into like an ugly discussion. I just can't believe Trump's losing his top spot it's pissing me off but anyway <laughs> whoa Enough on that. He's like, I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, so, did, in the versions you guys watched, did you guys have those uh, German clips in there? I did. What were the German clips? I don't know if I did. There were a few scenes, like, when um, they first went into the lab and found that someone had been in there and knocked stuff over. The wife and the cousin were, like, whispering a conversation and the scientist guy's like holding an egg and moving it in front of his eyes the whole time she's like I think he's listening to us I mean there weren't any like hardcore awesome scenes by any means but yeah. I don't uh, think my, my copy had that well, I should and then mention. there was another conversation inside the association oh go ahead Eric um, I didn't watch this version. I didn't find out about it until later, but um, I wanted to mention this because it's one of the very few times that one of our films is pretty widely available. I did see it was free on Amazon for Prime members. So if you're a Prime subscriber, you could actually watch this film. I don't know if it has those German clips in it, though. I did not know that. And there really aren't any spoilers to give away with this. I mean... There aren't that many characters introduced into the film anyway, so... It's it's kind of a spoiler that... I mean, we already kind of 
breeze past Spoiled the it. fact that he uh, it looks like he's killing prostitutes at the beginning, but we later yeah find out that it's just part of the, kind of his sexual role playing thing. Right. And his wife's trying to figure it out why she's doing why he's doing that, <laughs> which she has the right to. Um, that and uh, I guess the big spoiler, which we will reveal right now, is that um, the ad executive guy is the killer, and his accomplice is Gabriella, the blonde cousin. Yeah. Well, we call and him a killer, but he only really killed one person. Right. Yeah. And and the motive was so she could inherit the chicken farm and he was going to bring in a bunch of machinery to make everything awesome. Mm -hmm. Another message. This director is trying to squeeze in there, I'm telling you. He's full of it. Automation. uh, As far as the movie, the look of the movie, um, I really loved a lot of the shots in it and it's very much like standard like leading line and rule of thirds and all that stuff but it's like on crack like there's so much leading line in this movie that if you like that kind of shit you'll always have something fun to look to look at you explain that to and, me a little bit. Well, yeah, you know, like the, the same thing. my favorite one. My favorite one is when um, when he first walks into the office, and the office is all white, but there's like this red carpet going down the center. Yeah, and he's like walking. It. Like they keep he uh, the director would keep putting these shots in that draw your attention to something. So, like, all the rows of the chicken coops, mm-hmm. um, they would do a lot of things where, like, they would put their face up against, like, a, like a pipe in the chicken coop thing or something. But the camera would be kind of far away, so your eye hits the chicken coop and then goes across until nice. you get to the guy's face. And there was just a ton of that throughout this movie, and it was just so interesting. And then weird framing, like, when he goes, uh, I don't know if it was actually him, I think it was, like, the pimp at the bar goes up to like this weird like wooden lattice work and calls one of the hookers over and she like frames her face in between one of the squares Mm. and he's like yeah you got to go upstairs that dude wants to do the nasty to you um there's just a ton of really great static shots very kubrick looking static shots in this but um I don't know, man. It's just like that. For me, that's like my favorite bit of this movie, other than all of the amazing looking locations and fashion and um, just decor. Like, there's just every. To me, this movie has so many awesome looking things, and it's just eye candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Like I love. Dog. I love the aesthetics of the film. Um, I'll also agree with you that I thought the music was shit. Oh, so bad. <laughs> Couldn't stand it. But, yeah, that that dog, that dog didn't die, right, guys? He somehow survived. I don't know, dude. I think he got away. I mean, you gotta wonder, like, if that dog jumped on a diagonal piece of metal. 
and assumed it wasn't gonna fall and it then it flew into a pipe and got shot out a pipe it was just it was awful like every time i thought it was gonna be over like oh the dog probably fell and broke his leg oh nope it's getting shot out of a pipe oh i'm sure he'll be fine oh nope he's going into the grinder it's like <laughs> it just kept getting worse and worse and worse i'm gonna look at that my chicken sandwich a little differently now yeah, there was another thing, and I think um, the film looked different, so I don't know if this is in every cut, but there was kind of an elongated scene of workers um, killing chickens and, like, taking their feathers out and cutting their throats and all yeah, this I, other stuff. That was not in the version I saw. I must have an edited okay. version. Well, see, the other thing about that is that's crazy is that, and according to the story, no one else works there. And he walks into this room, and there's all these, like, fat ladies, like, killing chickens. And so that whole bit, I thought, was just a little strange. Yeah. I think they're trying to but... show how, by getting rid of the chicken butchering, this is just me, um, and then growing chickens out of some weird laboratory experiment, that you're getting rid of, you know... The, the moral uh, dilemmas people have with killing animals and you're just basically feeding people what they want is is this chicken substance but they don't want to kill animals for it so uh, as a result you're actually getting rid of the, you know all the workers uh, that are helping to run this plant and they'll they'll get all upset and the economy their economy their situation is going to go down the tubes but you're helping out everyone else with yeah, but the material. chicken's going to be so cheap by the time it hits market, those uh -huh. guys with no jobs will be able to afford to buy it. <laughs> That's so a good point. Really That's a all they'll be able for to buy. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't but know. I think that big allegory here is that, um, like, the herds of chicken being bushled around are the same as the herds of stupid people yeah. running around trying to get stuff done like that whole thing like at the end when the cops show up <clears throat> and they're all running around trying to find Marco but then it keeps cutting back to the chickens it's just like I felt like they were almost kind of hitting it home a little too hard uh -huh. and not on the best scene and then that dude just opened a raw egg and drank it so that movie's fucking disgusting right there <laughs> he's like Rocky I went all that was just fucking gross, dude. <laughs> that was unnecessary. So, um, let's talk about, um, let's talk about the end. Let's start from the back and work our way forward. Well, now, first, can we do can we do a contest where if someone gets like a trivia question about this movie, right, you have to eat a raw egg next time on the show <laughs> on camera? I will cancel the podcast. Oh, <laughs> I will. I will stop giving GoDaddy money, like right now, <laughs> if that's gonna happen. Okay. Well, then yes, <clears throat> we can we can work backwards then from the movie. Okay, that sounds good. So, um, and I'm gonna throw this one to Chris because he's the big ending guy. How did the ending to this movie work for you as the Jalo score guy? What? No. Um, the ending didn't work for me 
from the standpoint of what do you expect from the genre, the standard established conventions, which in 1968, you know, to be, you know, um, to be fair, weren't really established. Um, the the ending was different because. Well, first of all, the killer kind of got away, right? Do you and, think so? I mean, they, they're they still trying to find uh, Massimo. Was it Marco. Marco. <laughs> Say Massimo. Uh, they're still trying to find Marco. And the other two people that they found in the chicken coop and they found the body, they basically both said, look, um... We didn't do this. It was Marco, and but what happened to Marco? Did he fall into the grinder? Yeah, which was the dumbest fucking thing ever because I don't know how he fell. Like, and he took the only piece of evidence that would really like put that dude at the scene. He pulled that guy's bracelet out of her hand, and then was looking at it, and that's when he realized who killed her. Right. And then he falls in the fucking grinder. But there were several scenes in that movie where they're in the chicken coop area and the grinder is going around and there's these white shoes that are walking around that they show and they never show him. And it, there's, and then every once in a while like, there's a scream or there's something else weird going on and then when you get to the very end and they show... Marco falling into the gears and they don't really show him they just show like a body falling into the gears and it almost made me think like oh is that a flashback is that something that you know is that a scene that they repeated for effect or did it really happen but you know they can't find Marco so and are we are we led to believe that Marco was thrown into the grinder and then the chickens ate him as part of the feed um and then like the commentary as well at the very end the very last scene the guy ate a raw egg and he was eating marco like are we supposed to go that far with it that's what i was saying it's like yeah i don't know that it goes that you know you can't you can't grind up a body turn it into feed and then have a chicken digest it and lay an egg (laughs) Within 30, 30 seconds. <laughs> that was a pretty fantastic plant, though. I don't know. <laughs> I know, They're really. Creating chickens from thin air. Right, with no heads and no no wings. Um, Which was weird. Does people not eat chicken wings in Italy? I guess they. the idea was, you know, we get the most meat from the breast, so let's just breed them oh, for that. Yeah. And the, the irony is that they do that now with chickens. It's just not that grotesque. You know, it's they do breed chickens to be three times bigger than they're supposed to be. Um, but they have heads. But they do have heads. So, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I I wasn't a big fan of the ending simply because it was very ambiguous. It didn't like I I like Jolly for the most part because the endings are pretty much, with the exception of say, the one we did last time or not uh, a couple times ago. The strange color of your body's tears was a little ambiguous because they really didn't give you, you know, they didn't really spell out who the ca- who the killer was. But yes, in most, they did. In most of these movies, um, you get, you know, you get 
an explanation. And it's not that I'm dumb and I don't want to just kind of watch a movie and figure it out or decide for myself. I'm cool with that. But that's when you watch a Jalo, that's what you expect. Like you're going to get that like last scene where they apprehend the killer and somebody comes in and gives you a little motive or maybe like a, just a summary of what happened and what went wrong. But in this particular, I had an issue with this because they explained what their motives were, and then so at that point we already know. But then Marco has the flashback that he put together in his head of how his wife was killed, right? And I'm like, okay, so you're beating a dead horse now. Like we already know that that's what happened. But like, I really think that the way the movie ended, though, is that it's alluding to the fact that they're both going to get arrested for killing both Marco and the wife because he's got those big scratches on his face. Mm-hmm. How the hell is he gonna like say? Oh, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Could be the chicken. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I thought the ending was different. Yeah. I like it, it for that. It's mainly different because it was before the rules were set. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, I can I can go with that except for the fact that I, I really didn't like that, you know um that Marco just kinda slipped and fell and then he was gone. Mm-hmm. And Well I was... heard him say that he loosened the rail. So maybe he leaned against the rail. And he had done that for his wife? He was gonna was that Yeah, he point? was hoping he was going to kill his wife, but yeah, um, ad executive guy killed the wife before he had a chance to kill her. Yeah, and then th- wasn't there some weird conversation where he's like, if we had only waited a couple more minutes, he would have taken care of the job for us, and and then they're like, but oh well, let's go kill him anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too late now. Well, and don't like forget, a... there was somebody put a giant wrench up in the uh, oh yeah in, in the tube. And they blamed it on the workers, but it could have been Marco, I mm-hmm. guess. That was his first attempt. Failed miserably. Or the other guy, too. That executive guy. Right. Yeah. yeah, he was kind of on the scene from the beginning, wasn't he? Even though he wasn't yeah. really introduced until later on. So, yeah, he was part of the, the whole scheme. Yeah, I, I, I like. So, it was kind of a messy ending, but I still liked it. Right. <laughs> okay. it, it, was, it was definitely messy, but that's okay. I mean, now, do you find the middle of this movie more messy than the end of this movie? Mm, it's hard to say because I didn't. I thought it was going one direction, and then it kind of switched with the whole reveal that he was not killing the prostitutes and. Even though I, I knew that there had to have been some kind of a swerve coming. Um, it just... Yeah, it was like, what what movie are they trying to tell? This guy is... Is this guy a killer? Or are they telling this story about this weird chicken plant that genetically creates chickens? That didn't really go anywhere. Other than to maybe send some kind of a message that we're fabricating as we talk here. But I don't know what you guys thought about that. I was hoping there would be more um, headless chickens. Yeah, I think we all were. (laughs) And when he killed them, they were disgusting. Yeah, 
I didn't see a lot of meat at all. I just saw yeah, a lot of energy. They, like, they look like brains. Ugh. They weren't ready yet. Well, I mean, did they you guys... They like wet with freaking feathers on them. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys Man. feel like the movie had, like, three, I guess, three distinct phases to it? Like, the you know, the introduction, you know, basically leading up to the party, and then all of that kind of stuff that happened in the middle with with uh, Marco and the advertising exec and um, and then the end section, I guess. It, I don't know if it's if it's two halves. Did you put him fired? Did you put him getting fired in the second half or the third section? I guess it's probably the end of the second section. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the the third section is really just like the the whole setup of the girls turning or you know not the girls but the wife wanting to dress like the hooker and then the the hotel and the you know all the weird stuff that happened with uh, the cops coming to the hotel and them it's trying to yeah it's him. definitely not it's definitely not like beginning, middle, and end, here's the entire story. It is, like, um, sectioned off like that. Right, like, you could watch any of those three sections by themselves and then just... that'd be it. I mean, you wouldn't have to... you wouldn't have to watch the preceding or the following section, really. I mean, to, to get whatever you were supposed to get out of it, because it's really all about what the film looked like and... and how it sounded and, and what the people were doing kind of immediately, like in the moment. Because it, 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 it's not a hard plot or a synopsis to follow, but it was just, um, it, really didn't it really didn't require your attention. You could kind of watch it and enjoy what you're looking at, but not pay too close attention to it, and you really weren't going to lose much. Now, were at the party when people were going into the room. Were like people like raping chicks in there? Well, or there was, were they like married couples going in there? There was one scene where it looked like the two people that were in the room was like a girl and a guy who was trying to get with her, and she was like pushing them away. But then they, I think they intercut that with the scenes of Marco with one of the prostitutes, maybe. I don't know. Just seemed like something weird happened at that moment. Like there was a flashback that was kind of cut within yeah. all those other things. But then there was the you know the, the couples came out and the one girl is the the first couple that came out they looked like they were like getting it on. And the second couple that came out yeah. it looked like the guy told her something that made her upset because she was crying. Yeah. And then the third couple that went in the guy was trying to attack the girl. Um, and then something happened where the lights went out and she screamed and then he said well it's getting late anyway <laughs> it's time yeah. to go what a dick yeah kind of wonder um, what the they only were talking about in there like was he talking about running still running away with her or was he trying trying to figure out what she was doing with the uh, the ad guy and it's like you never yeah. really found out what that combo was about but that's the whole thing because he knew shit wasn't certain Kool-Aid that night. Like, he was watching them, like, talk like they had uh -huh. known each other for a long time. 
So he had already known at that point that something funky was going on, but then never really did anything about it. No. I mean, I guess what could he have done? Right. Yeah, she was playing dumb, so... And she did a good job of that, so... Oh, hell yeah, she did. Let's talk about her for a second. I'd really like to have some ice cream. Oh, me too. Yeah, I like the uh, the yellow bathing suit. That was my favorite outfit. Yeah. Oh, we know. She was easy Married. on the eye. <laughs> but, but, but see, she looked a little bit like Goldie Hawn, right? Like no, from, don't like, from her for me. From the laugh-in days, <laughs> like from the early... You know, the early 60s days where she'd have, like, words painted on her leg, like, love or be in or whatever. Or, like, from Overboard? No, 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 not Overboard. We're talking about Goldie Hawn when she was, like, 19. 16. Oh, 19. Well, maybe not 16. And then that other girl, the, the one who played the wife, she looked very familiar. Was she famous or was she supposed to look like somebody famous? I don't know, but on the version I have, there's a scene where she takes her shirt off and it's like blurred out. Hmm. And I can't believe that that would be blurred out. That's weird. Maybe that because, been because of the copy choice. Oh. Or yeah, yeah, the copy Eric, Eric, did you have um, nipples in yours? or was No, it I did not. No boobs at all in this movie. Nope. Um, and that's why I was thinking it might have been like some kind of weird artistic, more you know, going back to the moral thing, moral choice. I don't know. Um, but yeah, can I ask you guys a question? Since it's just us guys, you know, in the room, yeah, no girls or anything in here. I think you should. Do you guys think that um, lingerie is as important as what's beneath it? Yes. <laughs> Your bra and panties. It really depends on what's beneath it. I'm gonna have to come right out and say that. So sometimes it's more important than what's beneath it, or less less important. Less. Oh. Sometimes it's more, but it depends on <laughs> if it's going to stay on the whole time or not. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. What I mean, do you it's think, important. I want our female listeners to know. What does your wife think about it? It is sad that what we find pleasing to the eye and pleasing to the touch are seldom the same. What's that from? Pulp Fiction. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have a well. pot. I was looking at myself in the mirror, and I wish I had a pot. You want, you want some pot? <laughs> <laughs> Not pot. A pot. A pot belly. Pot bellies make a man look oafish. <laughs> now, oh um, that chick, though, the blonde chick, isn't she the chick in, I think it's... Uh, your vice is a locked room that comes on the train and stays with her aunt in the weird room with all the dolls. Mm, no, I don't think so, but I'll double check that one. That's a good question. But I did notice, and th th it's so funny how we stereotype, everyone stereotypes everyone else. I'm watching this film and I notice that the outside... Um, sets some of the buildings are very familiar looking they look like they were in some other jolly like uh black belly of the tarantula i think that one building with the spiral staircase that on the outside that goes all the way up to the top yeah. of, the, of the roof and then the other building that had that huge spiral staircase kind of ramp that was in the center of the room with the red steps with the red steps that was in the fifth chord 
Yeah, that's in the fifth port, yeah. And I'm wondering, like, this, th- that little area of Italy has been in so many of these movies, and I'm wondering, like... That's why we're going to go take a tour there, dude. Where is that? And I, first I thought of Alan. I'm like, well, let me, let's ask Alan. I'm like, dude, it's a freaking country. Like, he knows exactly <laughs> where that one spot is in the whole goddamn country. I mean, he doesn't even know where the Poconos are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, no, not, like, it's not the Coliseum, right? Like, with Eyeball, like, I found all of those places in Spain, and I want to go to all of those places, like the hotel they stay at. Um, I, I have it all written down in my little eyeball folder. Yeah, because I'm going to go folder? to Barcelona and take a coach tour trip and go to all the places. Can we see the eyeball yeah. folder? Yeah, it's called an eyelid. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's going to be awesome. So, like, I've been... And I told Al this a long-ass time ago. I'm like, dude, we got to find out all the places these movies are shot at, and we're going to set up a giant Jalo tour mm-hmm. for stupid American tourists who are willing to pay exuberance amount of money. Right, because there's definitely a, a, a market for that one. The people in Italy would be like, fuck yourself. Like, we see this shit all the time. Yeah. We could do it like as a scavenger hunt. That would be kind of cool. I had a co-worker yeah. who just recently went to the Amalfi Coast for a wedding Oh, and I had so many questions for her about Sister of Ursula, but I'm like, I, she's not going <laughs> to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I right. didn't want to ask about the wedding. I didn't want to ask about how the weather was. I just wanted to know if she had seen any um, women spreading their legs and showing off some bush. Were there any Donald Duck pictures or very cluttered rooms? Dildo weapons? Right. Those, that oh, yeah. questions I could probably get an answer for. Well, I always wanted to go see... You know that uh, that fountain in Deep Red, where uh, Mark and the other guy have like a couple of conversations in the beginning of the of Deep Red. It's like it's like I thought that was a set though. No, it's definitely a location. I've seen pictures of it like in modern times. Like people have gone to somewhere in Rome, I think, and it's there. <clears throat> wow. But, the, but that other in Deep Red, not to go off the completely off the subject, but in Deep Red, there's a there's a bunch of shots. Exterior shots of the bar, where Carl is it Carlo? Carlo plays the piano in this bar, and the exterior shots look like it's not even real. It looks like a painting almost. It um, looks like that one with James Dean at the diner. Right. I think yeah. they made it look that way. <clears throat> but anyway, we'll get to that when we do deep red. Yeah. Um, the only other thing about this movie that I want to say was that was a total weird shock was the guy that was cataloging the chickens. Do you guys remember that? Like he had like a bookshelf of all these like binders oh, and there yeah. were like whole yeah. and chicken heads, like live chickens were yeah. in there. And he's like, I'm cataloging the chickens. Was that the guy who said, you know, they're being very aggressive today and <laughs> they're not yeah. easy to get along with and or something like that. Yeah, he's all dressed up in a yeah. suit. Yeah. But that was like it's so weird because that was obviously like a total tongue in cheek joke. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's cataloging chickens. And like the movie is so serious except for that bit. Right. Oh. That was well, I was like yeah. laughing so hard. 
I mean, we, we've touched on this a few times already, but clearly the filmmakers were trying to do some sort of social commentary, um, making something that is, I guess, to some people, very serious, seem very silly. I mean, the whole idea of this convention of chicken people, you know, hanging out. And, like, you know, they, they go to the office of this... I don't even know what it was, some some consortium of chicken people, and there's like this giant black and white like art picture photograph of a chicken out in the yeah. hallway. It was just yeah. so surreal and odd. And like the whole like uh, Wall Street bit, like with the chalkboard. <laughs> I'm buying everything. I'm buying it. everything. <laughs> I wish they'd go back oh. to chalkboards on the stock market. Wow, can you imagine? Yeah. How did anybody make any money back then? Like they could. I don't know. I just watched the eraser. What if, what if somebody buys a shit ton of shit, and then by the time their broker calls the guy in New York to make the deal, the stock's worthless. Right. Like, how do do they go? Oh no, never mind. Like, how yeah, does that work? Like a silent movie, Doctor Mabuza, and there's a crazy stock market scene in there. Just going up and down. He's basically running the stock market behind the scenes like a puppet master, and it's just a lot of fun to watch. It makes you think how different it had to have been back then to deal with those stocks and the, the length of time it took to communicate that. But getting off subject again. Yeah. yeah, and like all the you know all the, all the ticker tape that they would have to read when yeah. it would come in to say you know here's the new price. Yeah. I don't know how anybody did that back then. I don't know how they do it now. I don't yeah. It's I all computerized. But there's still people yelling and screaming. Yep. They took all the workers away, and now we're all standing outside the fence glaring at them. It's <laughs> yeah. all computers. Why are they still here? Yeah. <laughs> Such a weird thing. Yeah, like you have a house to go to. And that's a big fence. Why are they all like bundled up together? <laughs> <I know. laughs> They're just in a tiny little group all huddled know. together. Behind this humongous fence, watching the three of them take pictures of each other. <laughs> well, on another note, this movie was also called Plucked. Plucked. Oh boy, that sounds. And about there's right. one poster for this movie. I don't know if it's a German poster or what, <clears throat> but it's like this monster, and the monster's eyes are the blonde chick's boobs, and then the blonde chick's like on top of it. It's really weird. Wow. I haven't seen that It's a one. cool one. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Yeah. yeah Plucked. That I'm sounds like a, like, like a Stanley Kramer comedy or something. I don't know. Right? Doesn't make a lot of sense. And, like, one of the, um, the lobby cards for it said stuff like, this movie's so shocking we can't tell you anything about it. Nothing <laughs> along lines. <laughs> We can't tell you anything about what this movie's about because it's so shocking. <laughs> it did it did subvert a lot of my expectations for it. I thought it was going to be a campy, fun-filled romp, but it was not. Because, was I, because yeah. I'm a lot of fun, damn it. And you're That's campy. What I and I'm it's campy. Yeah, you're pretty campy looking. I'm as camp as Christmas. Yeah. It's crystal. Ooh, oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so is this a thumbs up, a thumbs down, a toilet flush, 
what do you, what do we think about this? Um, judging where I placed it upon my rankings, which I won't give away too much, it's probably a thumbs heading in the uh, upward direction. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's worth seeing because it's just so different from what you would expect for, for this genre or subgenre, and yet it still is always classified as a giallo. Um, if the giallo format never evolved to what it, it evolved into, this film would just be some weird film. But because it has enough of these mystery elements and some of the other weird stuff going on, it just gets it just gets grouped in with with uh, with the genre. And if you um, if you do any kind of introduction to the genre, eventually somebody will mention this film in in their writing or whatever because it has such a weird name. And it, it is such a weird film. And again, I don't really know that the full history of the film and how it managed to get lumped in. I mean, it's an Italian film, and I guess there's a murder mystery. So I guess that's really all that matters. I mean, it it was early enough in the in the timeline to be as different as it is and still be an acceptable film to think about as as part of the genre. Because in '68, you know, people were still experimenting with what the genre was supposed to be about and, and what the conventions were. So I think it's it's a it's a recommendation simply because of where it stands from a historical perspective. Um, but it is an entertaining film, uh, especially like Creep said, if you're into um, the kind of avant-garde um, approach to cinematography and, and framing and set and, and that sort of thing, it's an interesting film to watch. Um, the editing in the film is is pretty off the wall too there's a lot of like back and forth quick cuts between like two scenes and um the music is you know again it's not it's it's not anybody's cup of tea i don't think you would just sit in your easy chair with your pipe and listen to the soundtrack but it oh, works no. it works for the film it makes you well let me let me say this because zoe, zoe said she wasn't even watching it. She just heard... She didn't even know I was watching it. And she was in another room. And then she's like, Why does that music sound like chickens clucking? <laughs> and I was like, What? And she's like, The music sounds like it's supposed to be chickens clucking. Oh, that's a cute picture. Good job, Eric. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting observation. Because some of it is like the plucking of guitar strings. And some mm -hmm. of it is... I know that at the be at the very beginning of the film, when they're showing those black and white sequences of like I guess it's like eggs being fertilized, um, there's like there's violins playing I think, some weird atonal violin stuff with some plucking going on, and uh, yeah, it totally gives you that thing. I mean, chickens in general, just when you look at them and the way that they behave, they look stressed. They look like they're you know. They're not relaxed, and that music is exactly the kind of soundtrack you think. If you could hear the inside of a chicken's head, it would probably sound like that. It would be the noise that would get out of there. So I think you know, like I said, it's this very strange soundtrack, and it's not one that you would sit and listen to uh, on its own. Um, it is very, very atonal and strange. And then you've got those weird kind of bossa nova guitar sections 
with the guy singing and it sounds like at least in part that there's a cohesive kind of chord um, chord progression that's somewhat melodic but then if you listen to it long enough you're like this is just some crazy guy just playing chords as quickly as possible on a guitar and um, yeah just to just to add a little bit of that psychedelic kind of 60s bossa nova kind of feel because that kind of music is in a lot of the jolly and a lot of the films of that time but it they took it and, and just kind of put it on acid basically it, it's you know i think it's t- you know taken take a bruno nicolai soundtrack and give him like three hits of lsd before he composed anything and that maybe that's what you get i don't know um yikes it was uh it's really weird it's a really weird soundtrack so Okay, I'm trying to get this image to you guys. But I don't know how to do what Eric does. Trying to get it. It looks like it might be Russian. The Russian box for it, or the Greek box for it, Mm. is like the monster with the chick. Oh, yeah. But, um. Oh, you found the artwork. The chicken is a doctor. Chicken is a doctor, yeah. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that that that's the part that probably made me laugh the most is like this guy comes in as a serious ad campaign designer and coming from the world of ad design myself, it's He's like I stopped by a grade school and I yeah. had these kids give me some pictures. It it brought me back to Once when um Oh, you guys are better at this than I am. That movie where the, the guy was trying to do draw a uh, like a criminal a mugshot of the guy that he had seen, and it was just—it just looked like this goofy preschool kid sketch. Wasn't that New York Ripper or something? It might have been. That doesn't ring. No, out. I thought it was a different one. But yeah, it was like, more recent than that. Yeah, like the nose was just goofy looking, like something I would have drawn. Not saying I'm a great artist or anything, but yeah, you are. Who am I kidding? I'm. Wonderful. I'm marvelous. <laughs> All right. So, um, it is also that time for us to pick the next three for voting. Yeah. Next week, we have Eric's pick, which is Seven Deaths in the Cat's Eye, right? That's correct. Not next week, but next episode. Okay. Next episode. <clears throat> so. Um, we get to pick the new voting, so we can tell you guys next episode what wins and what doesn't. And if Eric gets first place, he's going to drink a raw egg live on the show. Oh, it can't be a Cadbury egg. I'll do it. No. I don't even know where I could find one now. It's Halloween season. Unless I eat a oh, Halloween I could, Cadbury egg. I could find Cadbury eggs wherever I look. I have them hidden yeah. all over the house. They're... <laughs> <laughs> You got your own chicken factory in that house. <laughs> yep. Yeah, heck, I'll do it. I don't care. Oh my gosh. I wanna, it's I need on, some, guys. You see how scrawny He's I am? I need some protein. Egg. Yeah. Right, so everyone vote for uh, whatever Eric picks. So Eric, what's your pick going to be? What, what's this <laughs> number one pick? You got to <laughs> drop it first, huh? Drop it like it's hot. All right. <laughs> drop it like it's hot. Yeah. Well, I've got two here um, that I had just in case one was picked. But since I'm going first, I'm going to go with the one that I think I've been wanting to do for a little while. I was so impressed by 
Um, what have they done to Solange? I'm going to go with that same director and a film that is similar in theme in What Have They Done to Your Daughters? Ooh, yay. What the have mood they in the spirit. done? Daughters. All right. Okay, could that be Eric's egg sucking number one? I don't know. Let's I don't know see if people what are willing to have. give it up, yeah. Chris, what's your pick? Okay, um, my pick is a little unconventional. Um, we've been oh, doing man. a lot of classic Jolly, uh, although we did stop and do a Neo Jollo a couple weeks ago. But I watched this film again uh, within the last couple of weeks, and I really have been aching to put it on the Jollo score to see how it actually scores. And Bastard. I, know, I know it's going to be a fun one to talk about. Bastards. And uh, <laughs> Creep, Creep knows exactly what I'm talking about. It is, it, we were out here while that son of a bitch was killing her. Bastard! <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I'm so excited! It's Pieces. The wonderful, Eric, I don't awesome. Know if you're gonna be able to do it, dude. I'm not eating an egg after that. Yeah, <laughs> with that bombshell. Oh I don't my even gosh, know. This is like seriously one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, and you know, the more and more I watch Jolly, the more I love watching this film because it has so many things about the genre that I really like, but it also has that awesome slasher kind of thing going on and it's from the 80s and, it has, it and it's a super gory I mean you know um, yeah. and it's a it was made by a Spanish filmmaker so um, it's got a little bit of a foreign thing going on for it the um, the soundtrack is really cool um, the characters are cool Christopher George is good in it and um, oh, I mean, I've seen it a million zillion yeah. times, but yeah. I'm gonna watch it for the next the next time we do it. I'm gonna watch the next cast whenever we decide to cover it. I'm gonna watch it from the the Jalo score eye because the, oh, even the last time when the world ringtone my phone went off, scared me to death. Even even like the very last time that I watched it, I still wasn't watching it for. Jalo score. I was watching it just for the fun of of, of all of it. Like the, my, one of my favorite scenes is when the when the Chinese guy comes out and does his kung so thing. <laughs> and he's like, "Must have been the chop suey." <laughs> I don't know. As I'm walking, next I am on ground. Bad chop suey. It's the it's the uh, most racist thing you've ever seen. <laughs> you can't get any worse than that. Does it get extra points for showing a wiener? No, that's not one of the, the scoring criteria, but I could I could add it in. Make an exception, I think. Yep. You don't have to make an, an exception, but isn't there like some nudity thing in the Jello score? Yeah. Yeah, there's a nudity uh, score, but there's plenty of that anyway without the penis. So. True. Okay, well, um, now mine just feels a bit lackluster. I'm going to come, come right out and say it. Come on. But um, I think I'm going to take a trip into the 80s as well. Hmm. And the movie I'm going to pick, it's trashy 
and it's kind of revolting and just odd. So it is together for this one. Yeah, definitely. This is one to get Granny on the couch for. Profumo, aka Bizarre. Huh. So that'll be one that I'm sure most people haven't seen. So it's definitely um, out there. I'm kind of excited for this round, you guys. What's up? I'm kind of excited for this round. Yeah. I know, this round's going to be fun. This last round was fun, and we haven't even finished it yet. So you got ahead of yourself, is what you're saying. Yeah. It's on YouTube. So Congratulations. We have... Profumo? Profumo, bizarre. Nice. Profumo, what have you done to our daughters and pieces? Holy shit, let the voting begin. <laughs> Go to our Facebook group and vote Eric's movie number one so he could drink an egg live on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll take, it, I'll take it out of the refrigerator right now so it'll be nice and ripe in two weeks. <laughs> So when you open it, like it'll cluck before you Maybe. swallow it. That's fucking yeah. All right. We have to play the Rocky theme behind you while you're doing no. it. Well, I'm not, I'm not too trained on my Thai delicacy, so I don't know if I'll eat a chicken embryo at this point yet. But maybe down the road at some, some level. What was that I'm show with it. Joe Rogan where they ate chicken embryos? That could have been yeah, because I know they do they eat that in a lot That's of Eastern Asia countries. Yeah, whatever. It's gross. Alright. Well, I'm going to go have a PB&J because I'm American. Yeah. And um, until next time, everybody. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Go have a PBR with your PB&J. There you go. Nice. Ciao, ciao.